0: On episode 81 of the High Performance Leadership Podcast, five steps to becoming a better listener. You're listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast insights and information from world class leadership experts. So, I'm back in the studio today, Chip is out of the office. He is working with a client. So, I've invited a special guest in the studio. Carlos, can you kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Hi, well, uh, I'm Carlos, and I am your new in house graphic designer.
0: So, you now work for 360 Solutions, the company that hosts this podcast, and you are the graphic designer with us, right?
1: Yes. Super, super excited to be here with you guys.
0: <laughs> so tell me, what's your background? How did you get to here?
1: As far as design, two years in college, did a pretty
0: strong portfolio for myself, and you guys loved it. So let's talk about your background. Like, uh, Where were you born? Where have you lived? Stuff like that.
1: I was born in Florida, Sarasota, Okay, and lived there for a little bit. My parents decided to go back to Puerto Rico or all my family was originally from. Okay. And after six months as a baby over there, my grandparents pretty much raised me. Okay. Back and forth between Florida and Puerto Rico for a few years. And then 97 was when I came, actually came into Waco. My dad brought us here. He started working at Ridgewood Country Club as a tennis coach.
0: Yeah, it's a great place. We hold a lot of our 360 yeah. functions. So your dad's a, a tennis pro. Tennis pro. And that's how I ended up here. Excellent. And so you were going to Texas State Technical College. Mm-hmm. With a degree in what again?
1: Visual communications and they emphasize in design.
0: Excellent. So you've already been kind of going through some of our curriculum and updating some of the workbooks. So the stuff you put out so far has been really awesome. So I'm excited for Mm -hmm. other people to see it. And we're going to have you designing the logo for the new Charity Champions Mm -hmm. podcast we're going to put together soon. So I'm excited to see that too. And all of our listeners, when we release where that's going to be, You should go download it and check out Carlos's awesome art. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. So, I kind of wanted to hit on some content in our 360 Solutions curriculum that doesn't get talked about all the time. And this comes straight out of our communication curriculum. And it's about how to be a good listener. So, we're getting close to the holidays. You're going to be around a lot of family and friends that you may have not seen for a while. So it's a really good idea to brush up on your listening skills so that they can feel like you're hearing them and you can Mm -hmm. listen for all those new stories that maybe you haven't had over the years. Right. Yeah. It's kind of tough sometimes with relatives coming in. Yeah. Yeah. You have so much to remember. (laughs) So I have a few different points from our curriculum I want to talk about. So the first point with being a good listener is listen without judgment. You may not agree with the person you're talking to, but you shouldn't have your opinion set in stone if you want to have a good conversation because you're going to close off yourself to some of the stuff they want to say. Yeah. Have you had any experience with that?
1: I think when you're trying to listen to somebody, your brain might go into this, let me hear what I'm thinking mode. Mm -hmm. You might catch a few things that the other person is saying. Yeah. So you have to train yourself mm-hmm. to uh, be a good listener. As far as my brain is concerned, I'm very visual. Mm-hmm. So maybe when they're saying something with their hands, I'll visualize those things. Mm-hmm. So to help me understand what it is that they're trying to tell me. Yeah. Maybe the topic that you're talking about is strong or very important to you. You'll start thinking about something else Mm -hmm. instead of what they're actually saying. And you can get in trouble like that sometimes. Yeah, that's hard.
0: They're like, did you hear what I just said? You're like, "Uh, no, I was thinking about the next thing I was going to say Mm -hmm. to you. Going back to listening without judgment, I think in this day and age with politics the way they are, it's very easy for people to have their opinions about the way things are or the way things should be. But if someone says something you don't agree with and you automatically just start tuning them out, you're going to miss out on what could possibly be something that would change your opinion on that topic. So I know over my life, there's been lots of things where I feel like this is the way things are. This is my opinion of them. And then through conversations with people who understand it better than me, I'm able to get a new opinion and figure out what's going on better. So that's one of the reasons why you want to listen without judgment. So also like in a business situation, a lot of times people just value the opinion of the president or the CEO or the people up in charge, the people that are lower don't feel like they can have an opinion, like they're Mm. not going to be listened to. That happens a lot. Yeah. It's also valuable as a leader in an organization to take the time to listen to the people that are lowest on the totem pole because sometimes the intern could have the idea that's going to turn the company around. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I've seen
1: that happen firsthand. It's happened with me. And we all have good ideas, sometimes bad, but it's it's like anything else. You work at it until, you know, something pops up.
0: The next part, I actually, this is not exactly from our curriculum, but I was listening Uh to a podcast and I picked it up and I thought this is really good. So listen more than you speak. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a famous Greek philosopher called Zeno of Sidium. And one of his famous quotes is, you have two ears and one mouth, so we should listen more than we say. Yeah. Very true. (laughs) What do you think about that?
1: It's obviously true. It's when you understand that things become clearer, you get things done better. You get to know everybody better. Before putting yourself up front and you have all these things to say, and then everybody else sort of like, okay, well, he doesn't really care what we have to say either. That can become a problem in your surroundings.
0: Yeah, especially on first impressions. So let's say you you just met somebody and they're talking all the time and not listening versus someone who is maybe quiet at first and doesn't say very much. But when he does say something, it's to the point, you know, that he was listening. Mm hmm. Automatically, I'm going to think the person who listens more before talking is the more intelligent of the two people. That's on first impression. Sometimes people just aren't talkers, you know, but I will always regard someone more intelligently if I can tell that they're actively listening versus mm-hmm. just talking too it's much. That's
1: true. And we all pick up signs when we're talking, it's just a natural thing. Mm-hmm. Some of us pick up bad habits throughout the time. I know for sure when I was in college, I did pick up a lot of bad habits just because of my surroundings. You know, when I used to. 10, 15 years ago when I used to work uh, with professional people, it was easier to pick up on the way we would talk. So it was a little bit easier. But for for example, in college, everybody sort of didn't really know how to talk to each other or a lot of people are just too quiet. Hmm. And you'll only respond to whatever the teacher's telling you. But whenever people start talking together as a group, that's when you start realizing who people are and how they talk. Coming into a professional place like 360 Solutions. Listening is very important and knowing how to speak in your turn and and all of those things. All all those things are very critical.
0: I think it's funny learning how to speak in turn. My son has major issues with this. He won't know exactly when to come in without interrupting. And it is something, it's like a, a fine art to really be good at it. But as a child, obviously, it's okay. And it's, yeah,
1: it's cute, okay. you know, it's super cute. But people that are teenagers or young adults should not have that problem anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think society now, we understand that speaking out of turn, it's obviously, it's frowned upon. You, you don't want to do that. You just don't want to.
0: So you need to really engage with the person who's talking oh, if yeah. you're listening, so you know that right time to interject. Be excited.
1: Yeah, be excited about what they're saying. You never know what's going to come your way, you know? Approaching things in a negative way as far as talking as well. as You just want to be positive into any
0: conversation. Right. And that goes perfectly into my third point, which is, pay close attention. So it's very important when you're talking to someone that you show them that you are paying attention. Mm-hmm. So there are some nonverbal cues you can use. You like give feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so if you're nodding at somebody when they make their main point, mm-hmm. you know, that's how you can let them know that you're listening without having to interject and yeah. say something. And then there's a technique called parroting, like a parrot, you know, that repeats what you say. Oh, yeah. So if you repeat back to them, some of the main points that they just said to you, yeah. It'll help you understand it better, and it will let them know that you've heard what they said.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just giving feedback like that helps create a better conversation Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) with two people. So from a professional standpoint, in meetings, it's difficult sometimes to convey to the person talking that you are listening. And technology has made this harder. You'll see people that are on their cell phones, and they may be taking notes, but the person speaking may think, oh, they're texting their friends or they're posting on Facebook. So it's hard to tell. So when I first started here with 360, that's how I would take notes. And so I'd be in a meeting with Chip and he would be like, Randy, I just don't know if you're really paying attention to me. And I'd show him my notes and he'd be like, oh, okay, okay. I see that you're taking notes there. But, you know, at the same time, I didn't feel like we had the same amount of engagement. So I started writing things down in a notepad when we had full company meetings. And I feel like that helped me in a couple ways. It helped me show Chip that I was listening to him. Because he could see that I was only writing notes for what we were talking about. And, and he didn't feel this anxiety that maybe I was on my phone checking what's for lunch instead of listening yeah, yeah. to him. But also, I think when you write things down, it connects to your brain better than if oh, you yeah. type it.
1: You'll remember when you do a circle, when you draw a circle, you remember when you draw a square. It's the same thing when you're drawing letters. Yeah. You know, you, you'll remember what you're writing. And it's, it's an old technique that people, some people know.
0: Yeah. There was actually a New York Times article recently called Laptops Are Great, But Not During a Lecture or Meeting. And it talked about that same thing where people have a tendency to want to multitask and do various things mm. when they should be listening. And I think the, the science recently has shown that if you're multitasking, you're not really paying attention. Yeah. It's very hard.
1: You're separating your attention and different percentages or whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So you might not pay attention completely to what they're saying. And it really depends where you're at, what's going on. Mm-hmm. You sort of have to educate yourself on what not to do, depending on what's going on. If it's work or a meeting or just talking to your spouse. yeah, It really depends how you put your efforts into listening.
0: Yeah. An interesting aside culturally. So I used to be... <laughs> living in japan i was in the navy and japanese people talking to each other they use a lot of verbal cues to let the other person know you're listening to them oh yeah so they're always going mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm, mm, you know like <laughs> you're listening and it's a very common thing so much to the point like in america we don't really do that so i'd be on the phone with somebody and they'd be telling me something and i'd be completely silent mm-hmm. on my side and they'd say are you there are you there? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm listening. I'm here. Yeah. You know. So be aware of culturally, like how people like to be affirmed that you are listening to them. Mm-hmm. It's really funny. I used to listen to this morning radio show and they had like five guests that were all talking at the same time. So they have a conversation and one person will say something and everyone else is going. Mm, 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 mm. In Japan. Yeah. So you had all these, if you took out the main person talking, it would sound like a really odd soundtrack, <laughs> like what's going on here? But that's just how they communicate, that's how they affirm that you're talking to them. And then also eye contact. So if you're making eye contact with somebody, they're more likely to think that you are listening to them and you will be more likely to listen to them.
1: I think honestly, just us talking about listening, it attaches itself to so many other aspects Mm -hmm. as far as what it is to listen and everything that comes with it, because speech is also involved with listening. Because if you're listening to somebody and you're interacting, you're going to have to talk sooner or later, Right. then you're going to have to know how to do that. And you grow. You just grow when you're listening. In Puerto Rico, when I was growing up, talking, like, for example, just customer service in itself sometimes wasn't as great or as expected as when I moved here to the U.S. So a lot of it is the culture. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, if you go and you buy some coffee and the person greets you and says, hey, good morning, it's a great day or whatever. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes you get excited people. Mm -hmm. So you're like, you interact with them and whatever. coffee, But then... When I would remember I would buy coffee over there somewhere in Puerto Rico, maybe the place I would go, they might not greet you <laughs> and they might not say have a nice day or, you know, there's that positive interaction that comes with customer service that is very important right. to, to businesses. Customer service is very important. But I'm not saying nothing bad mm-hmm. about my country or anything <laughs> like that. No, talking and listening, it might not be as important.
0: Right. So, yeah. And also there's a fine line when you're talking to somebody, you need to be listening to them so you know what you could add to the conversation, Mm -hmm. but not be thinking about that so much that you are not actually listening to them. That's a hard problem as Mm -hmm. well. All right. And so the fourth point I have here is seeking clarification. So if you are the person who is listening to somebody and you need to stop them because you don't understand what Mm -hmm. they're saying, that is fully valid. And I think it will actually add to the engagement that you're having with the person if you Don't understand something because the only thing worse than not listening to somebody is a miscommunication after they've said something. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the biggest. Points of contention. One of the biggest ways that companies fail is they have miscommunications in their business. Asking for clarification is okay. Obviously, don't mm-hmm. do it all the time. Yeah, you know, constantly that could be annoying. But if you really, truly don't understand something that the person speaking has said, you know, asking them to clarify is completely okay.
1: No, totally important. It's like steering. You're on track, right? You're talking to somebody and you want to stay on the same page, on track. You want to make sure that you understand what they're saying. Yeah. And if you don't, do not have that fear yeah to ask in the past i've obviously people have had that issue where you feel like if you ask they'll probably like sigh or huff or puff or whatever <laughs> because you're not understanding them but that fear you sort of carry it mm-hmm. and you feel like every other conversation is going to be the same way with everybody else but no totally delete that uh, erase that off your off your mind you want to ask if you're you're totally lost and whatever is you guys are talking about
0: And what's a worse outcome? Is it worse if you didn't hear what they said or they don't feel like you you heard them? Or is it worse if there's a miscommunication and something gets messed up at work or there's a miscommunication that causes to break up the relationship, stuff like that? Like, that is a more costly scenario than if you just said, Hey, I don't quite understand what you said.
1: You'd probably save so much time and effort asking or interrupting the conversation to make sure that you understand what they're saying, especially if they're just
0: saying a lot of information at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, taking notes like you were saying. Yeah, that's actually one of my next points that I had here was oh, really? taking notes and also knowing kind of the right amount of notes to take. I think some people try and jot down everything the person says, but no, they might, do that. they can't keep up because no. the person is speaking a lot faster. So I like to think about like the main points of what they're talking about and not trying to write down everything. Yeah, yeah, they're
1: keywords. Sometimes, you know, when, for example, a teacher was talking and they're just saying a lot of information. Keywords help Mm
0: -hmm. me a lot. And that helps you memorize too, you know. I also do this when I'm in church. I find if I'm just listening to the sermon, the preacher talking, I will get something out of it. But if I actually jot down some notes, like the the main points that he's making, Mm -hmm. I will definitely engage more and I'll remember it more for later. And I can like keep those in my phone and I, I have them for... Later, if I'm talking to somebody, I heard this really good thing at church. Mm-hmm. This is what I have. There's yeah. no way I'm getting all 20 minutes of you know what he's saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I have the main points of what he said. There's a lot of...
1: Well, when you come to church, there's a lot of... Um, apart from work, there's a lot of emotional things that that you're dealing with yep. uh, when they're talking, cause they're probably talking about love and peace and grace and all those things. Mm-hmm. Obviously the note tanky might be a little different yep. than when you're at work, you know, so.
0: My final and fifth point here is actually more for the speaker than for the listener, but it's avoid confusion. So this kind of mm-hmm. goes to seeking clarification. If you're the person speaking, you want to make sure what you are saying to the people you're yeah. talking to can be easily understood. Mm-hmm. So I come from a background in journalism, I worked in television news, I did writing as a journalist when I was in the navy and a very major point they always clarify to you is you are writing for people that are at an 8th grade level because Most people in the world, they don't have advanced degrees and they can't understand all these advanced concepts. So you need to write for people with an eighth grade education. Yeah. So you need to be clear. You need to be concise. And also in journalism, like in a newspaper, you only have so much space to write your column, your article. So you want to make sure you put the most important information up Mm -hmm. front and then you save the stuff that's not quite as important for later. So the same can be true when you're talking to somebody. Maybe you put the most important information up front. And also you make it clear and easy for them to understand and don't make your point too difficult or you might risk miscommunication.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just like we were talking about earlier, what I was mentioning earlier was when you learn how to do things, you grow into listening as well as you grow into talking. Mm -hmm. Even though there are two separate things, but they're still very, very connected. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking to somebody, you want to make sure that they understand what you're saying. Right. Right? Well, I just saying a bunch of stuff, there's a lot of in-depth things that you can learn about when you're speaking, when to speak, the tone, mm-hmm. because you're given a lot of signals when right. you're talking, making sure that they're not, depends on age as well. I mean, right. if, if the person is much older, it'll be easier to talk with little bit fancier words, for example, than you're talking to a kid. Right. So, quick story. My wife, Carla, we were talking about our kids and trying to explain to them how to do certain things. I was teaching my son, my nine-year-old son, how to solder. Oh, wow. So, he ended up soldering a basic circuit. Oh, wow. That's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. I can't pretty, do that. No? <laughs> well, I can teach you. <laughs> it, it was it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And um, we were talking about it the day before because they were going to sleep and I had told him, hey, I'll teach you how to solder in the morning. I was telling her what I was going to tell him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We get into pretty in-depth things when we're when we're having conversations. So mm-hmm. we were talking about how to explain to my son how to solder. Right. So just like you said, you have to explain things very clear, mm-hmm. not too much information, because right. a nine-year-old kid is just going to listen to certain words, and then everything else is just going to go up and it's foggy.
0: Yeah, it might get too excited and, f- and not listen to what, yeah. half of what you said.
1: So I found out when the moment came to actually teach him how to solder. I was very careful what I was telling him. Mm -hmm. So he would understand. So this is this, and that is that. And uh, I know that's very basic, but he understood it. He grabbed the soldering gun, Mm -hmm. and uh, very carefully, of course, he ended up putting everything together by himself with a little bit of help, but he ended up doing, but the talking was very important into uh, the process for him finishing the project. He had a lot of fun, and when he comes over next time, we actually going to do another
0: one. So When you're telling somebody something like that, would you break it down into steps for him? And only give them information as it comes available? Or did you tell them the whole process in one go? So step by step, Mm -hmm. if you wanted to take it even further, you'd take a piece of paper and you write down
1: uh, different steps. So you'll think what you're going to say before you tell them. And I think that's that's how you maximize communication. When you prepare and you know what you're going to say.
0: And for you, showing him how it is writing it down is probably helpful for your style as well because you said before you're visual and he also may be visual yeah and some some people listen and learn well just from listening and some need that visual component yeah. too to make, yeah. make sure it works. it's
1: important to know especially if it's on your kids or it's your coworker, or mm-hmm. your employee or your boss or whatever it's good to know who you're working with mm-hmm. and how they learn and if they're visual if they're just straight out just Brain smart, you know, it's good to know all those things.
0: So if you're trying to help people avoid confusion when you're talking to them, the same stuff that we were saying you should do as the listener, you should encourage the people that are listening to you to do. You should say, hey, do you have any questions about that? Mm -hmm. Or you should say, hey, this is what I think about that. What do you think? Encouraging that conversation, that dialogue will actually help with engagement, making sure they are listening to you.
1: Yeah, completely agree with you.
0: All right. Well, I hope these tips help you. I hope that you have a good holiday and have good experiences listening to your relatives and your friends over the holidays. And we'll uh, be back with more podcasts next week. Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks for listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. Every little bit helps. Our website is hpleadershippodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hpleadershippodcast. Follow us on Twitter at HPL underscore podcast and shoot us an email at podcast at 360solutions.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.